Hello and welcome to this special New Year's Eve edition of the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees and on each episode I investigate a different, weird and wonderful subject. And for this episode on December the 31st, we are going to look at some of the curious customs which take place in Wales at the end of one year and the start of another. Now, as regular listeners will know, the number one big folkloric thing that happens in Wales every year on New Year's Eve is the Mary Lloyd. The Mary Lloyd, a feared horse-skulled visitor who goes door to door trying to get into your house through a battle of rhyme so it can eat your cake and drink your ale. A bit like myself, it's it's all about trying to get your cake and ale. Now, I have spoken a lot about the Mary Lloyd, and there is one episode entirely dedicated to her, episode 27. So if you would like to know more about the Mary Lloyd and you enjoy this episode, please go back and check out episode 27. I also touched upon the Mary Lloyd briefly in last week's Christmas episode and... I will do so again on this episode. But first, I would like to start with a question. Here's a question to get you all thinking, and the answer will be revealed soon. But on New Year's Day, January the 1st, is it better to see a man or a woman first? Which is best, to bump into a man or a woman? And the second part of that question, if it is indeed a man or a woman... What is the best name? So male or female, depending on which one you've chosen, what is the best name for this person to have when you bump into them? So it's not just about the sex of the individual. Luck depends on their name as well. So is it better to meet a man or a woman and what should their name be? I will I will leave you with that brain teaser to, to to ponder for now. It's like a cliffhanger. Uh, well, it's the opposite of a cliffhanger because it's the start of the episode. It's like a, a reverse cliffhanger, something for you to contemplate. But before we get into all of that folklore, I would just very quickly like to reflect on what has been, let, let, let's say, one heck of a year, to put it mildly. 2020 has not been a, a normal year by any stretch of the imagination. And with this podcast, I I would like to keep things upbeat and cheerful and positive and not dwell on the negatives. So when I thought about what is the one big positive thing, the one really good thing which happened in 2020, I thought, well, obviously it has to be launching this podcast. I finally launched my own Ghosts and Folklore podcast and I owe a huge, huge debt of gratitude to everyone who listens to this because when I when I started this I had no idea what the heck I was doing well I I still have no idea what the heck I'm doing I just I just plugged in a microphone I pressed record and I hoped for the best and and by some for some mad reason people listened people subscribed and it's doing fantastically well and i'm still doing it now all these all these months afterwards i mean i've got people from all over the world who who get in touch with me now every week which is 
incredible because let's be fair welsh ghosts and welsh folklore is is quite a niche subject but i am so so happy that it's been embraced by people around the world around the universe and that is that is absolutely wonderful and if i had to single out a a highlight from this year from doing this podcast the one thing which really really did blow me away on the halloween episodes a few months ago i was moaning about the fact that i'd never ever tasted american candy corn at halloween time it's quite an iconic part of halloween those little triangular orange yellow white candies sweets that people eat at halloween now in in wales i had never been able to try it and i had a little moan on my podcast about it and an amazingly kind soul called gary from minnesota went out of his way and spent his own money buying the biggest bag he could find and sent it to me from America across the pond to Wales just so I could try this candy after having a little wine on my podcast. And that is that is remarkable. And that is the kind of thing which which this podcast has achieved this year. And every Thursday I get this little what, what, what I do, I, I record my episodes and I upload them Wednesday night ready. And then when I wake up the next day, that episode has gone live. And it, it, it's bonkers. It, I mean, it, it's, it's wonderful. It's terrific. But it's terrifying. And it's bonkers. When I, when I look at my phone the next day and, and I see that hundreds of people across the world have, have listened to this while I was sleeping. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stop waffling on now. But all, all I really wanted to say was thank you so much for making this podcast the, the huge success it has become. It, it's gone way beyond my my wildest expectations. And as a result, I will do everything in my power to keep it going every week for for the foreseeable future until until the Tulloth Tig come to drag me away, until the Mary Lloyd kicks down my door and tells me to stop. Otherwise, I will keep doing this once a week, God willing. And so, finally, on to the New Year folklore. Although, actually, just very, very quickly, in case you are wondering, did I enjoy the candy con? Because when it arrived, I, I put this on social media and I said, you know, this, this amazing man from America sent me this candy con. And a lot of Americans popped up and said, Ugh, you're not going to like that. It's horrible. Don't, don't eat that stuff. And you know what? I loved it. I loved it so much that I am going to make it an annual tradition. Not not, not the begging part of it. I'm not going to beg for free sweets every Halloween, but I am certainly going to do everything I can to try and track some down each year. Stockpile it. I'll stockpile. I don't know how long it lasts for, but I'll stockpile it so I've got enough candy con year to, to keep me going for years to come. Now, back to that little question, that little anti-cliffhanger I started the episode with, which is best to meet? Is it a man or a woman on New Year's Day first? Well, this this ties in with last episode's festive folklore. So if you listened to the Christmas folklore last week, this is sort of the continuation of it. And we are told that even at the present day, so this is folklore which is written in the early 1900s. So this this is well over 100 years ago now. But even then, people are very particular as to whether they see a man or a woman the first thing on New Year's morning. Now, according to one Carmarthenshire man, in order to secure future luck or success during the coming year, so if you want 
future luck or success in 2021 or whatever year you are listening to this, a man must see a woman first and a woman must see a man first, at least so we are told by a gentleman in Edwardian Carmarthenshire. And yet, if we go slightly further west again into Ceredigion, a vicar, a Reverend Thomas, tells us that the people in his parish would consider it lucky to see a woman first. So male or female, everyone would consider it lucky to see a woman first. But as a rule, the majority of people, both men and women, deem it lucky to see a man unlucky to see a woman. So the general gist is that most people think a man is the luckiest and it's unlucky to see a woman, unless you are down Ceredigion way, in which case it's a woman, and unless you are in Carmarthenshire, where it's the opposite sex to yourself. And it it all sounds a bit like you, you can pick and choose, really, depending on where you happen to be. But there are some places where a good many do object to the entrance of a woman before the incoming of a man. So I guess that means if a if a married couple, say a male and a female married couple, are entering someone's house on New Year's Day, the man should enter first to bring luck. And the people who are particularly stuck up about this, we are told, are in central Cardiganshire, the, the, as the counties were then, especially in the parish of Llandewi Brevi. Llandewi Brevi did not want women entering the house first and the surrounding districts between Lampeter and Tregaron. This is also true, we are told, of some parts of Pembrokeshire. Now, if that was not confusing enough, it's about to get a heck of a lot more confusing because according to a rector in Newport, this is Newport in Pembrokeshire, not not the city, this rector in Newport believed it was lucky to see a man first as long as they had one of four special names. If they did not, then it was lucky to see a woman with one of four special names. And if they did not, then we go back to it being lucky to be to be in a man again, I guess. So the four lucky names of the men that you want to see first are David, Ivan, Sean and or Schenken. Now, sadly, my name is not David, Ivan, Sean or Schenken, so I would not be a, a lucky person to see first. But failing that, supposing the man was not called by any of these names, then the first person seen might as well be a woman. It might as well be a woman if your name isn't special. If your name is just Mark like mine is, you're just a waste of time. Come back when you've got a proper name like David Ivan Sean or Schenken. And failing that, as that quote said, you might as well be a woman. But again, you might as well be a woman only if you have one of the four special names. And the four special lady names are Sean, Seaned, Meyer, or Marged. Those are the four lucky names. Sean, Seaned, Meyer, or Marged. And if the first person you were to see on New Year's Day had any of those, those eight names, I guess, then we are told all would go well for that year at least. And that, you'll be glad to know, is the end of how to determine if you'll be having good luck in the coming year. You need to track down, really, some people called Sean, 
make friends with them and invite them round first thing or fail in that maybe maybe somebody called Sean Sean or Sean get them round on New Year's Day now in that bit of folklore it, it wasn't specified but this really is it's a morning thing which is seen to be something which comes to an end at noon so by 12 o'clock I mean if you've seen nobody by 12 o'clock you, you should be safe either way if you have seen someone by 12 o'clock hopefully it's one of the desirable people from from what we've just spoken about but it is also said that a hare or a magpie must not cross one before 12 so it's not just just those unlucky women in some places and unlucky men in others that you need to avoid you must also keep your wits about you so no hare or magpie crosses your path before noon so again maybe if, if you lock yourself indoors you should be safe from the, this this wildlife and also the cock must not crow before supper on New Year's Day. So this is a little bit later. This is beyond noon. The cock must not crow before supper on New Year's Day or some dire calamity might befall one after all. So this cock crowing really could be the most devastating of all all of these things i mean dire consequences for something which is totally out of your control seems very very harsh i imagine back in in rural wales certainly back in the early 1900s 1800s there was a heck of a lot of cock rowing going on and not only does it bring a dire calamity it cancels out the good luck from earlier. So if you've worked really, really hard to make friends with someone called Schenken and you've invited them round first thing just to see them before any of these women turn up and then you've avoided all the hares and all the magpies in the parish and you are just about to sit down for your supper and then... Yes, I know any excuse to use a sound effect and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an end of year on my podcast without me shoehorning in a rubbish sound effect. I hope you enjoyed that incredibly convincing depiction of a cock crowing. <laughs> now, after all that trying to divine whether you were going to have good luck or bad luck or, or dire calamity befalling on you, people did like to celebrate the end of one year and the start of another with a good old-fashioned party just like we have nowadays and this general desire to see the old year out and the new year in saw some people dancing the old year out some drank yes good old drinking they drank the old year out and many walked it out and it used to be the fashion in Talabont and maybe in other places as well that the new year was a time when people crowded into each other's houses to pass the time in storytelling and feasting. So that's how the adults partied, very similar to nowadays. Maybe the only big cultural change is there was storytelling involved back then. Nowadays, we've probably put too much emphasis on the drinking side of things and lost the storytelling side of it, which is a shame. I mean, you can still you can still drink too much while telling fantastic stories, I think. But that was the grown-ups. As to the children, well, the children especially looked forward to New Year's morning with the greatest interest, as it was, and still is in some places, customary for them to go from house to house asking for Kalenig. Now, Kalenig in, in this description is said to be the New Year's gift. 
And really, I, I hate to do this again and again, especially on New Year's Eve, but Kalenig really deserves an entire episode to itself. But briefly, Kalenig, which is spelt C-A-L-E-N-I-G here, but I believe the more common spelling should be with a double N. So that's C-A-L-E-N-N-I-G. But certainly in this account, it is C-A-L-E-N-I-G. I will look into that in more detail, ready for the full episode on Kalenig. But it involves the children going door to door, singing songs and wishing everyone a happy new year and hopefully collecting a little bit of money at the same time. As I said, that's a very, very brief generalization of the whole thing. And you could say, in a way, it's almost a more wholesome version of the Mary Lloyd. Yes, the Mary Lloyd, which I've talked about extensively, but there's always something more to say about the Mary Lloyd. And what I really, really hope is that if we do get some kind of normality returning next year, I hope we can all get together next December or January time and have a big old Mary Lloyd party. You can hold me to this. You can you can tweet me and say, Mark, you promised us a Mary Lloyd party. And as long as there's no medical reasons why we shouldn't, we will have the biggest horse skull party the world has ever seen this time next year. But to wrap up this year first on this podcast... Let us have a look at the Mary Lloyd and some of the merriment that would take place inside the house after the Mary Lloyd had gained entry. Now, I do like milk in the Mary Lloyd because, because I love the Mary Lloyd and I fear this is probably the last time I can do so for quite a while because it is seen as a Christmas time tradition so I can, I can get away with talking about it at Christmas. More specifically, it really is a New Year tradition, so I can get away with talking about it leading up to New Year. And even more specifically, it's seen as a Twelfth Night celebration, and I think once Twelfth Night is over with, that's the end of it. So I would like to just say that when the Mary Lloyd got into the house for a party, there's a couple of things which would happen, which I think we can all still do tonight, or whenever you are listening to this, or whenever you are celebrating next, but we can all do this to keep the spirit of the Mary Lloyd alive, even though we can't be all together chasing each other with horse skulls right now. But when the horse gets inside, the groom cries, So ho, my boy! Gently, poor fellow! And it chases the girls around. Now, the girls, of course, we are told, scream with merriment. Now, I'm assuming the girls back then enjoyed this kind of thing. Whether girls nowadays enjoy being chased by horses, skulls and scream with merriment, that is not for me to say. Answers on a postcard. If anyone would like to let me know, please do. But afterwards, after being chased and after screaming with merriment, a dance follows, performed by three young men tricked out with ribbons. So it's not just the Mary Lloyd. It's not just the horse's skull, which is covered in ribbons. There are ribbons on the boys as well. They dance. The company is then regaled with cakes and ale, and the revelers depart, passing outside the door to sing a parting song of thanks and good wishes to their entertainers. And that is what I would like to do now to wrap up the first year of this podcast. And before I leave you with this grand finale, I should say once more a huge 
Thank you very much, Dioch and Varian, for listening, not just to this episode, but to every episode this year. If you haven't already, please consider hitting the subscribe button, because that way you will never miss an episode ever, and it will make me happy, because I know people are listening and they want even more. And finally, while I singled out launching this podcast as the big moment of the year, most years it would be launching a new book, and this year I did also publish a book called Paranormal Whales, and again, thank you to everyone who picked that up or any of my books this year and well i think that i think that's enough thank yous for one episode now isn't it i can only thank you so many times so thank you thank you thank you and it just leaves me to say that wherever you are in the world whatever time zone it is whatever day it is whatever night it is but this is going out on new year's eve and i'd just like to say a huge happy new year Blithin Newithar. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast, and I am convinced that next year is going to be amazing. Yes, even better than getting sent free candy corn from America, if it can get better than that. Maybe, maybe next year, if I beg and plead enough, somebody will send me um, cake and ale. <laughs> that, that would be lovely. The Mary Lloyd will, will come round with some cake and ale for me, maybe. But to wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with a traditional Welsh verse. And this is a traditional Pembrokeshire, South Pembrokeshire verse, I am told. We're, we're very much... West Wales on this episode, aren't we? But this traditional verse would originally have been sung, I am assuming, in the Welsh language. Now, sadly, I don't have the Welsh version to tell you first, so I am just going to go straight into the English language version. And on that note, I look forward to talking to you all again in the new year. If not on social media, as always, please feel free to track me down on Twitter, on Facebook or Instagram to say hello and... <clears throat> Always clear your throat before reciting traditional South Pembrokeshire verses. And it goes like this. Get up on New Year's morning. The cocks are all a-crowing. And if you think you're awake too soon, why get up and look at the stars and moon? The roads are very dirty. My shoes are very thin. I wish you a happy new year. And please, to let me in. <laughs> yes, any excuse to use that rubbish sound effect one more time. No star. 